Hello, and welcome to the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kierens, and I'll be your host through this adventure. Each week, we will be featuring artists who have worked on some of the great imagery and labels in the craft beer industry. We'll interview them about their art, how they came to meet the brewery, their aesthetic, and just see where it takes us. So we're really excited that you've taken the time to download or stream or whatever it is that brought you to us. We have a nice website for you to check out, 16ozcanvas.com. That'll be the hub for all the information. We'll have transcripts and images of the different artists and the imagery. Get some sketches. It's really going to be exciting. So again, you're listening to the 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer. Don't hesitate to reach out. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and all the other fun social sites. If you got some cool pictures, new labels, or you want to check out some artwork, hell, maybe you're an artist. We'd love to meet you. Throw up the old hashtag, 16OZCanvas, 16OZCanvas. We'll tie that into the website. We'll build ourselves a nice little community. And who knows, maybe we'll have a beer together down the line. But this is our inaugural episode, episode one. We are very excited. It's been a been a long time coming. I want to thank everybody for all their support and folks behind the scenes who helped make this possible. So here's our first episode. We're going to feature Dan Blakesley. Dan is responsible for what I feel is one of the most iconic images in the craft beer industry. The Mount Rushmore, so to speak. Hetty Topper. So we caught up with Dan recently while he was in South Carolina. Dan is a musician. He's been creating, traveling, seeing the world for the last 20 plus years. So we caught Dan down in South Carolina as part of his winter tour. He was working on some artwork, taking in the sun and getting ready to hit some gigs up. So here we go. The first of many. Sit back, relax. This is Dan Blakesley on the 16 ounce canvas, the art of craft beer. Enjoy my friends. Yeah, well, I appreciate you, you know, taking the time to to speak with me. I'm pretty excited. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Totally. So the the premise is, you know, I'm big into craft beer, and I just think that the way things have gone recently, um, with you know, with the advancement of canning and just really, you know, the breweries ex- explosions over the last couple of years that. One of my favorite things is the artwork. You know, sometimes it proves not to be the best tasting beer, but, you know, at least visually, it, it looks pretty good before that moment. And, and right, you know, exactly, I think that, yeah. you know, what you've done is pretty amazing. You know, I think that you probably at the time didn't think how much of a kind of epic, you know, can that would be, the heady Topper can. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited. Yeah. Yeah, we yeah we had n- no idea. You know, it's like John, like he was like every time I would I would uh, I, I I first did the first thing I did for him was a what was meant to be uh, just a coaster. Uh, you know, they're opening up the brewery and then they ended up using it on like their window and and uh, making shirts or something like that and ma- making some other things. And then eventually he asked me if I would do his. Uh, first peer label and 
and he, I mean, he had no idea that the success that they would gain from it. Like I just knew that every time I came in and visited them to talk about sketches and whatever, he was always like tinkering in the, uh, the brew room. Like he, he was like, man, we're close. We're close. I think it's going to be something really special. And turns out it, it was, you know, right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool if you've never uh, used before, but there's the Wayback Machine. It's part of archive.org, which is, you know, to the storing of data and kind of historically uh, it's good for live music and other entities, but they have what they call the Wayback Machine. And you can go back to their website, you know, going back to 2007, 2008, they take different, you know, web crawls i guess i'm not as tech savvy in that area but it's really it's really funny yeah. it's funny you can see the blog post where they're you know they announce that they're going to sell the bot you know bottles and you know people are asking why you know i thought you said we're never going to be able to you know do that because then you can't control it and you can just kind of see these small you know snapshots of the evolution of you know what is now like advancements are yeah right yeah it's pretty cool Wow, that's awesome! I've never heard of that thing. Yeah, I'll send. Yeah, I'll send you a link. It's pretty. It's pretty cool. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, I I, I read your bio. You know, uh, was on the website, and for for folks that want to check it out, you know, danblakesley.com. dot com. We'll have links up on the site. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so basically, I I grew up in uh, Southern Maine, and then. Uh, and uh, went to art school like after after high school, and down in Baltimore. And um, sort of like once I uh, graduated from there, it's, it's kind of funny this this sort of like the evolution of how how I started to make like beer labels was actually um, going way back like in in 1994. I had been. Uh, Doing there was there was so much art that I had to do at art school for all these different projects and classes and everything. I was so burnt out, and I told myself after art school, I'm like, man, I need a break. And and two years before that, my sophomore year, I started playing music, and I found that it really helped me get through the rest of school. Otherwise, I I I just would have been freaking out. Like there was just so much. Uh, uh, the workload was so like astounding what they had you do. And, um, but it's good because it prepared me for what I'd be doing now, you know, back, back then, like doing eight hours of drawing in a day, like what the heck that's crazy. You know, and now it's like, Oh, it's regular. It's like, <laughs> you know, preparing me for, you know, what, what's to come. And now, um, and then, so after art school, I actually ended up playing a lot of shows. I started, uh, I was working in a lobster restaurant and, uh, and playing shows. And I, and I decided to take a break from doing artwork altogether. But in order to play shows, I had to make posters. So I was making posters for these um, concerts that I was doing. And I was doing one um, at the Portsmouth Brewery in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, uh, where, where they have Smutty Nose. And the owners of Smutty Nose saw it. And they asked me to do some uh, beer labels. So I did some beer labels for them for their small batch brews, like 
early on back in nine, probably 90, 96, maybe something like that. And that's how I got back into doing artwork. Okay. So you've been a little burnout with school and kind of uh, having to just kind of create for a deadline and not create for the kind of the art or the passion of it. The joy of, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. I've been to, I've been to the Portsmouth uh, brew house. Uh, my sister lived for oh, nice. yeah for a period of time. My sister lived in New Hampshire, and uh, we you know we would go up there and it was have a good old time. Uh, it was it was a good spot, and they always had yeah the smaller New Hampshire or local New England breweries that we couldn't get uh, in Connecticut or where we're originally from in Philadelphia. Yeah. So that's great. So cool. you, you you playing shows kind of forced you to self promote and create some of your own materials right 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 yeah and it it was nice because like they what what i like about what they had me do they let me have great freedom and doing the artwork and same same with with uh john from the alchemist john and jen they you know they they had their input but they wanted me to feel free like to have like creative expression so it was uh it 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 was really crazy First, when John was explaining what he wanted me to do with the, you know, the hops, he said, you know, I want the hops like exploding out of his head, like kind of like ripping his like skull apart almost. And I took it literal. So the first drawing was really <laughs> kind of graphic, <laughs> like really pretty, uh, yeah, pretty, uh, pretty out there, uh, uh, graphically. And, uh, he goes, okay, tone that back a notch and have it, you know, and then he, you know, gave me some art, art, uh, direction. And, uh, we, we ended up, uh, going in the, in the direction of where the label is now. That's pretty, that's pretty great. Yeah. Um, good, but I think you're going to scare some of our patrons away with that one. Yeah. Now for, right, right. Exactly. Yeah. But that's what he said he wanted me to do. And then I showed him and he's like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. More hops. Yeah. Less, less blood. Uh, how, how, right, right, how would right. you describe your aesthetic? Like for the, for, you know, the non arts, you know, art, you know, person, somebody would look at your work, how would you describe your aesthetic or the medium that you, you typically use? Um, it, it's so funny. That's a question that comes up often. It's like, you know, I'll meet, meet someone and, you know, if I, you know, they're like, Oh, well, what kind of art do you do? Or what does it look like? I'm like, Oh my God. That's like, the biggest question <laughs> it's like, but, but I would say it's sort of, um, like, uh, whimsical, um, uh, dr- dreamlike, uh, sort of imagery that's sort of, um, God, I've, I've, yeah, my, like I'm still like stuck on this. It's like one one of the hardest things to d- describe, but it's like my my favorite mediums are like first and foremost I'm 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 I focus primarily on drawing and uh, and etching. Yeah, that's what I would. That's what I would have said. Yeah, is that? Yeah, yeah, and and it's sort of like you know I I, I like having the essence of like um. 19 like uh early 1900s poster art that's sort of like 
I, I really, um, um, I gravitate towards that style of like really stark imagery. And, uh, but I also like a lot of little hidden details. That's one of my things. Oh, like some Easter right? eggs. Some, and I like some to, Easter eggs. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. I, I noticed, you know, a strong black and white theme, you know, I thought, which I, which I personally am a big, yeah, big yeah, fan yeah. of. I, yeah. I really like that. I think. You know, it's amazing what you can do, you know, with those just two colors with the shadows and shading and to the etching, you know, as you're saying, you can definitely see that. And, you know, a lot of that has an old kind of throwback, which, you know, to your music, if a tie in, you know, it's very has like a folk overtone to it. A little Ooh, Americana. Right. Yeah, Americana. Sort of like, yeah. 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 I feel like the, the music as well as the art sort of has this folk rustic feel to it i don't like you know some art that i do there's like some some clean lines but i like it i like it to have like a a little loose energy to it yeah i think it's yeah yeah, i think that's the music definitely like folk americana sort of genre i guess yeah yeah that's i mean yeah it's definitely a throwback to the period where you know like even the 60s and 70s where poster art you know, it was such an important, it was just an important thing. I was, uh, you know, the, the auction shows where they, you know, they go and they, people bring their junk. And there was one episode recently where a woman had found her brother's posters from like the sixties and seventies from the Fillmore. And right. it was, yeah, it was amazing. So it definitely has that throwback, you know, some of them have, you know, I think like, or like an angelic or, and some mermaids. So they have a little bit of, you know, lore to them. Right, right, right. Now, do you have an idea Ooh. in mind? So you have like a show coming up, and or is it more you have a sketchbook and you're and you try you're always just kind of creating? Well, I'm, I mean, yeah, I'm sort of. I mean, it kind of it kind of depends. Like certain shows, I'll make it based on either you know something to do with the with the show itself or the bands that are playing or you know the town or is it in an a seaside town or is it, you know, or, or like, or, or a mix of a bunch of things, but I do also have a sketchbook like, um, that I sort of like, you know, all these different ideas are stored away in. And if, and if I feel like I can't come up with something, then I'll, uh, then I'll dig in the sketchbook and find, uh, some, something in there to, uh, to, uh, to use. But I also, I don't do as many show posters as I used to because um, I'm up to about 600 of them now. Oh, wow. And so I've been uh, recycling a lot of them because, I mean, it takes just so much time to, uh, to draw one. And it's like, I already, you know, I'm not getting paid for it. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, Lord knows that most of the shows I'm not getting paid that great either. So I'm like, I'll just reuse this old poster. You have to be efficient, you know, but <laughs> even though I'm trying to, I'm trying to, uh, you know, uh, take that up a notch right, <laughs> or several notches. Right. Yes. But yeah. No, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So I have, I do have like a batch of like 50 to a hundred posters that I've, that I have, done in the past that I've been reusing a lot. Okay. So, but I, but I try to reuse posters that people 
might have not seen for like 15 years or 20 years. I think, I think that's just impressive in and of itself when you look at your timeline. You know, it's uh, to be doing it for 20 years. You know, I think that, that in and of itself is pretty amazing. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's 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 crazy when I had the realization that it was like my twentieth year playing music and uh, doing artwork. It sort of like kind of knocked me out. I'm like, oh my god, I've survived two decades. I'm broke, but I'm happy as hell. Yeah, I think <laughs> that. I mean? Yeah, well, happiness is kind of a you know, it's a it's a term that you can define differently. So that's impressive. In a yeah, in a previous life, yep. yeah, yep. In, a, yep. in a previous life, I was involved with radio, and you know, from there, you know, met some some great bands, and you know, we were I was only able to stick in the game for five years, so twenty years is is amazing. Yeah, 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 nice. Yeah, so uh, with a lot of these being hand drawn, with now technologies a lot more art friendly, is it a you know? Do you scan them in, and do you use any? programs you know illustrator or photoshop or are you still a traditionalist i i I still always always do the original but by hand with like you know ink or or uh uh you know etching uh materials but then and then i do i definitely do like scan them in especially when i when i like colorize them i'll scan them in and then make the separations and then hand make silkscreen posters okay so, yeah, so there's still like, like, I feel that, um, long, long, long ago, my dad, my, my, uh, dad, who's always been, he was always been a computer savvy guy. Like he was, he knew about the internet in like 1979. It's really bizarre. Like he was telling me not 79, no, no, like 87, something like that. Anyway, early on before most people even knew it was out there and uh, he was trying to get me to, to help me, um, in the way of like, Oh, you know, it, it might be easier if you want to transfer your artwork to the computer to try this, you know, drawing program on the computer. And I just couldn't, like, I just didn't feel right about it. You know? And I just, just for me, it's like, I have a lot of friends that, that use those to do quick sketches and, you know, this way they can just like, it's already in the computer. You don't have to scan it and everything, but for, for whatever reason, I, I like to have the physical, um, art in front of me. Yeah. I think it makes total. Yeah. It's but, amazing to see where people go. Cause now they have way many, a lot more options, but yeah, it's like, right. It's still, you know, I think it's even rare. It's like recording on analog versus digital. You know, some folks still, it's a lot more, a lot more difficult to do and, less takes, but I think that you still see people who don't want it to compromise them. And it's not to say that digitally is worse, but it just, I think that that's, right, right. it's, no, it's all these mean. little decisions you get to make as an artist. And so I think that's pretty awesome. It, it's kind of like one of, one of my favorite things. And I, I, I learned this, I'm glad I learned this, uh, uh, probably like 15 years ago. It's like one of my favorite things about recorded music is when there you can hear like the little mistakes or the little nuances, you know what I mean? That aren't like, so you can tell it's like real, right? You know, and I, and I sort of like I used to. I remember on my very first album, I was so picky, like, oh man, I like that string buzzed or whatever, or like, <laughs> right? I could hear like this, you know, like 
something in the background. I would recut it. And now it's like, that's one of my favorite things. Like I have this album that was recorded in a barn in Maine and uh, the owner of the barn was sitting, sitting there watching us. There were a bunch of people in lawn chairs watching me and my band. And we were telling everyone, okay, everyone be really quiet. You know, we're going to do a take. We did a take and the, and the guy who owned the barn, his dog walked by and he just like patted him on the back. And it was right next to one of the microphones. And we were like, what the hell? are you doing and then that ended up being the best take we're like oh my god that's perfect exactly him doing that added so much to the music right you know i feel like i feel like those little mistakes in 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 making having something be authentic and in instead of like you know trying to to record everything to a click track not that that's a bad thing either you know, depending on the kind of music you do, but I, I like it when it, when it has like, um, it's not so shiny. I like it when, when it, when it's genuine. Yeah. I, yeah. That's yeah. One of my favorite bands is like the band and that's how I always think about it. And I just, I like, Oh man, exactly. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like they're recording in the same room at the same time. That's exactly what I was going to say when there's like just some, it doesn't have to be, you know, it's not classic where it's one mic style, but just where, you know, they're all in the same room. It's not, you know, everyone does their takes separately and they show up to the studio by themselves. It's, it's recreate. Right, right. I really like that. Yeah. I, you know, I, I definitely agree. Or when you get like a good, you know, good laugh or just kind of something, you can keep it in there. You know, or, right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's our record. Um, my last couple albums is everyone in the same room at the same time. And the, the guy, my, my one that's coming out later this year, the engineer was like, okay, well, since we're having drums in the same room and accordion and piano and bass, like it's gonna, it's gonna, uh, it's gonna come through the vocal mic. So I'll, I'll make a, a glass barrier between you and everyone else. And I'm like, Nope, let it bleed. So I said, you know, because, and you can, if you solo the mic, you can hear the other instruments in it, but it didn't, to me, I wanted that, hey, we're all in the same room, kind of like a rehearsal. Right. And, uh, and you know, just playing. And I, and I told the guys in my band, I said, don't play it safe. Like the safety is off. I said, I want you guys to do what you do and let's just, you know, play these songs, you know? And uh, so really fun uh to record that way yeah because i think a lot of times you hear you hear this band and then you go see them live and it's like oh is that are you sure that's the same band i just saw because yeah it's right, like it's like exactly. it's yep. too pristine yep, yep, yep. yeah you're afraid you're gonna you're afraid you're, you're gonna right. break it right exactly all right what do you think so far so good part one in the books This is the 16-ounce canvas, the art of craft beer. Thank you for checking out the podcast. Hope you're enjoying. Learn a little more about Dan. Learn about Hetty Topper. Makes you want to grab a couple Hetty's. Drink it in the can. And don't be a D-bag. That's Dan right there in the background. Check out some of his music. Learn a little bit more about his upcoming album, The Alley Walkers. DanBlakesley.com Head on over to 16ozcanvas.com You'll find out more information about Dan His band 
and all the great links to, to follow along. Make sure to shoot Dan a note. Let him know what you think of his interview. We're just going to keep this thing going. we got part two coming up. We're going to learn a little bit more about Dan teaming up with John and the Alchemist. Learn what he's up to. And give you a little more insight into the man and the artist, Dan Blakesley. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Part two is underway. Cheers. How did you come being from Maine, you know, with come to meet John and come? To, were you just a, a regular at the at the at the brew pub, or it did? No, no. So it's so it's kind of crazy. Like I was playing a show up in Burlington, Vermont, and I was sitting that day. I whenever I play a show up in that area, I always go up for a couple of days and hang out with friends, and I make artwork up there and. Uh, and, and I was sitting in a cafe and making one of my show posters and I felt someone like looking over my shoulder and there was, there was this guy like sitting at the next table over and he kept looking over my shoulder and then he just said to me, Hey, would you ever, you know, want to make art for my brewery? I was like, heck yeah. (laughs) Done and done. That's how it happened. That's pretty, that's excellent. Right. (laughs) So, and that was good. Then you had more, you had reasons to keep coming back to Vermont, right? You had to keep booking some more shows to showing what you worked on yeah yeah exactly exactly so so how long of a process was that from when you first met till you the final product um you, you mean for the first piece of artwork right yeah because if i'm if i'm not mistaken from your style there's the one that says like the alchemist right is that you also yeah 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 yep yep the, yeah the very first one i did there's a guy in a lab coat right um, yeah, that, that says the alchemist, that one was probably, I mean, over the course of like a, like a, a, a few weeks between like showing them the sketches and reworking it. And then, you know, like, uh, uh, scanning it and, and, uh, cleaning it up and everything. Um, but it's like probably, I'd say about 15 hours in, in time, something like that, or maybe 20. Okay. Now is that that so, is yeah, that character? A while. Yeah. Oh. Is that character? He looks similar to the the focal banger guy. Is that is it the same guy or they look kind of they look kind of similar? Um. The, yes, that's what he wanted. Yep. Yeah. He yeah he wanted to uh, get back to the, to that guy. That's pretty great. So how how from the process of it being on the can because it's. In a way, it's it's a label, but it's really it's. I really like it because it uses the the base of the aluminum, and then it's printed on top of it, which is which is pretty unique. And right. yeah, 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 yeah. Like like he was really specific about that for for that can especially. And um, yeah, I can't remember. I think oh, you know what it is? I I drew I drew it. Like, you know, knowing that 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 was, you know, going to happen mm-hmm. in, in the way of like, you know, when you when you see the the other one, it's on a silver can. Right. And I got man, I'm I'm, I'm trying. I don't have them right in front of me, but uh, but yeah, I had that in, in mind when I drew it. He told me, you know, what he was looking for. So. That's excellent.
Now, does does the do do you name your like? Do they have character names like just to be to be hooked? No, no, not not that I know of. (laughs) All right, maybe maybe they've named them. (laughs) Uh, No, yeah, who knows? So now, when Hetty was first released, it came out in a bottle. So did you do a label on the bottle first? Was that is that the first? You know what? I don't even. I didn't even know that. That it, that it came out in a bottle form first. Yeah, again, I remember I've heard you know that's I've heard stories and you know collectors try to get them. You know, I think it's a pretty tough get. I think there was only you know five or six hundred bottles, and then I think that was the first huh. kind of. Like, yeah, maybe they just did like quick like you know photocopied labels or something, or not photocopied, but like you know maybe yeah. they just produced a bunch of labels until they you know, got the cans up and going. Yeah. Good old, yeah. It was, I, yeah, I was on the Wayback Machine, so I'll have to, it was interesting. I mean, I've heard that, but it was it was interesting to see John write it in the, the first person and just kind of explaining to, you know, their their community, their crowd, their, you know, the, the, the regulars that what they were doing. It seemed to, to shake things up a little bit. Wow. Yeah, I wish I had one of those bottles. Yeah, right. That's what I was thinking. I was figuring I could uh, yeah. sweet, I could sweet talk you after we uh, finish here. But if, <laughs> if you don't have one, then yeah. uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so, so was it like a smaller canvas, or how large was the original? Was it? Was it? You know, um, the the originals were about like uh, maybe eight by nine or something like that. Pretty, pretty on on a smaller scale because I was using a fine point pen to to do the art. But uh, I think, yeah, I think they're about both about the same uh, size. Okay. Yeah. They're pretty, yeah. So was that a, was that a first for you, kind of uh, delving in? Well, you done smutty nose, but in the packaged goods of that nature. Um, yeah, well, I did, um, uh, uh, a label for, uh, Smutty Nose's sister brewery out in Northampton, Mass, too. Okay. Um, early on, and that was a full color label. And that was one of the first ones that was more mass produced. But I, I don't know if they have that beer anymore. But, um, but, um, yeah, this was the, 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 uh, first one that I, that I did that was on a can. Yeah, looking back when they the cans, I mean that was when I got into craft beer trading, that was like the can like that was the end all be all. So, was there a point when you realized like how how crazy it was that it was you know, kind of this this big hunt that folks were going up to Vermont just to get the the heady topper cans? I you know what? It's so funny like I had like the year that it came out like I God, I'm trying to remember what year it did come out. I mean, maybe 2004, maybe later. God, I can't, I can't, I can't remember. No, it's got to be like 2007, maybe. But anyway, um, yeah. When uh, a friend of mine showed it to me, they saw it in For- Forbes magazine. Was it Forbes? Man, God, I think it was. I can't, no, it wasn't in Forbes magazine. I can't remember some magazine. They showed me it was like the the number one 
uh, rated beer, craft beer in America. I was like, what the hell? Like, and I had no news prior to that. I had no, I, I hadn't seen the, the rise to that. You know, I just, um, I, I did the artwork and I think that year I was moving a couple of times and playing a bunch of shows and just didn't, you know, watch, you know, the, the, the progress. And then all of a sudden it was uh, like someone told me, I was like, holy smokes. That's, that's pretty, ama- yeah, no that's pretty, that's I thought pretty were, amazing. I thought they were kidding me. <laughs> I, yeah, some, I thought they were pulling my leg. Some good old fake news. Yeah. Right. That's, exactly. So have you been to the, the new location then? No, I haven't. I'm going to, I'm, I'm making my way up there on, uh, uh, next Friday to, to play a show and I'm, I'm certainly gonna, gonna, uh, come through and check it out. Yeah. I've, uh, yeah, we only drove by when it was during construction a couple months you know, prior to opening and it was, it was pretty amazing. And the, the art up there is, it's really incredible. Nice. I heard that they that they got the same person that originally did their tanks to uh, to make some uh, more tank art because that was that was one of the craziest things that was like lost in the flood or or something like that was those tanks or they got destroyed or something I don't know but uh, I I was I remember the first time I went in there when I saw those the whoever painted those tanks it was just brilliant it was so cool. Yeah, really I've, like impressive art. Yeah, I've seen. Uh, yeah, Jess Grandma is their art art director, and I, you know she has some. Yeah, some yeah, just really vivid, you know, great stuff. You know, so I, I, I haven't. I yeah. get, I'm hoping to go up there in a couple of weeks, but it's really everything I've seen online, which never does justice, but it's definitely been impressive. Right, right, right. So as a traveling musician, Troubadour, what's your kind of go-to style of beer since, you know, that's how we, we found you? What, what, are you? what are you drinking these days? You know what? Mine's actually root beer because I've never had a beer in my life. What? Which is weird. Because, I know, I know. <laughs> People are always taken back by that. I've ne- never had alcohol in my life. I'm 45 and I've just, I've never, uh, never had, I had like seven different sips of alcohol growing up and I didn't like any of them. And, uh, and so I, I told John, I said, well, if there's ever a day that I'm, that I'm gonna, gonna ever think about having a beer, yours will be the first. And I'm sure I'll be knocked out by it. Cause I've heard it's potent. Yeah. If it's your, if it's your first beer, I mean, it's not, it's not boozy. It's really, you know, it's really refreshing. So, right. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe get a taster glass. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> yep. Excellent. Excellent. And so with yeah with, with Focal Banger, what was how did that how did that come? Because that was, you know, they originally were doing the just the cans with the stickers, and that had just yeah. So, that's so, that's what they they were trying to figure out. Like, I still don't like. I haven't been on their website in a while, or or Facebook to see where that's going. Um, they had, yeah, they had, um, they had asked me about doing the artwork for it. And I was like in a heavy touring schedule. And I said, all right, I won't be able to do it for like a, for like a half year or something like that. Cause I was recording and then 
doing some artwork. So they had some stickers that they, that they made up in the meantime. And I was so happy once we finally like nailed down the design and, and uh, got that into uh, production. So. That's, that, yeah, that's, that's pretty impressive. That's, that's another, yeah, that's a great compliment that they were, you know, willing to wait. And I think that was during the expansion. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, it, cause it, yeah, it, it was, well, it was also like at the time where they were sort of like, they were like through the roof with all the heady stuff. And I was like moving that year or something. And I had like a ton of different art projects that I couldn't, like I, like my, my fingers were constantly in motion, like, you know, between making artwork, playing shows, like, you know, doing booking shows and, you know, writing emails and stuff like that. So it was like, I can only do so many things at once. And, uh, and so there was definitely a little, little hiatus. And uh, I told him I, but, but I said, I'm committed to definitely doing it. So I think what we had done, we had done sketches early, early on, but I told him I wouldn't be able to actually attack it till a little bit later. Well, but, uh, the sketches, Sketches were well received then, yeah. I th- yeah, it's definitely a, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the yin and yang, you know, of the alchemist beers with the you know the opposite, you know, one being black heavy and the other one being you know the silver aluminum. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Previously, you could only you know get yep. it at the local restaurants and bars. So when they opened up the new facility and you right, could get right. and you could get you know legitimate quantities of it i think people are still kind of flipping out about it right i think is is this one sold in other states or do they have they done that yet i it, every once in a while they'll send some down i've seen it pop up in new york city but it's it's few and far between I, they still right right i couldn't remember i I thought I had heard about this, them possibly maybe someday like having it, you know, for sale in other places than Vermont. But I couldn't, I, I, that might've just been like, you know, like someone talking that didn't, you know, have the right info or something, but I can't remember. I, I thought I had heard something like that along the line. As, yeah, as of right now, but, what I do, yeah, what I do like is, even with the expansion, you know, they're still cognizant of those, you know, smaller shops, you know, around Vermont who helped to, you know, make them what they were when they decided to distribute. And so I think they made sure right, made right, sure right. that their you know their loyal customers were still, you know, getting a, a fair allotment because that was a good source for their business, which I think is very you know very Vermont. And I think that's that's one of the things I really like you know about the brewery in general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Agreed. Uh, on the can, it says, don't be a D-bag. Is that, um, obviously, you know. Right, a douchebag. That wasn't my, that was John. <laughs> okay, I was curious, we were curious about that. If that was uh, one of your, <laughs> maybe one of your little hidden hidden gems there. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh I appreciate your time. You, have, you said you have a new record that you, it's coming out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's coming out in uh, August this year. Okay, excellent. What's uh? Yeah. What, what's the what's the record? Do you have a, you have a title for it, it yet? It, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The title is called The Alley Walker. And uh, it's uh, it's got uh, me and the full band on it. Oh, excellent. Excellent. And you record yeah. where Now, where did you record? I recorded it in uh, uh, New Hampshire in, in, a, in a warehouse by a uh, waterfall. Oh, wow. So it was nice to take, take little, little breaks between recording and go out to the waterfall and just kind of sit and take that in, you know, before going back to do another, another uh, round. Now, what's the, what's the process for you? Do you have all the songs before you show up or is it? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I definitely, yeah. I'm, I'm, I sort of, uh, the, the, the way that the band and I've done the last, uh, couple records that we recorded together was to have all the songs ready to go and then rehearse them like crazy, like a couple times, a couple or a few times a week leading up to like a month or two leading up to the, to the, um, to recording and then just, just nail it out, you know? So they're, so they're really like, so we have them down when we go there. So we're not like, you know, we've done our homework when we get to the studio. Excellent. That's sort of, that's sort of how I like to do it. And I usually like to record like 15 songs and boil it down to 10. This way it's like, you know, the other songs, okay, they're recorded, which is good. They live on. But I want to. I only want to put the the best stuff out there. That's that's sort of how I how I like to to do it. I guess. Now, is that process hard? Even though I'd love yeah. to have all the songs. Yeah, I was going to say. It is. Yeah, yeah. Trying to yeah, trying to figure out which ones. Okay, this is. It's not making the cut. You know, for whatever reason. Now, is but. there? Do they? Is there a common theme? for each album how do you you know approach that no, there... well this one you know this one was actually this is kind of kind of like a, a a little story in itself it's like i think about four, 13 years ago i ran into uh, an old friend of mine from art school that he was my longtime like musical companion done at art school and he was an amazing guitar player and i always remember how he had like all this recording equipment in his, in his room, like when we were at art school and everything. And he was really sort of like, uh, uh, he, he was kind of a gearhead and right. he's from Kentucky. And randomly I was driving around Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And there was this car that was like, uh, following me every, every direction I went. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go in this weird little, little alleyway road like who would go on this thing who would follow me i just thought it was just coincidence and then they followed me in there i got out of the car I'm like what the hell is your problem and out hops my friend ron from uh, art school and uh we and we uh I don't, I don't know how the hell he knew it was me from the back of my head and we hadn't seen each other in 10 years and uh we started talking and and he asked me if i'd been you know, writing songs or recording. And I said, man, I haven't been recording. I just didn't have the dough or the time or whatever. And he's like, okay, come up to my place in Portland, Maine. And we'll, uh, we'll uh, record some of the songs. I have a microphone and computer and like whatever. And I go up there forgetting how much of a gearhead he is. 
he has all this like vintage, amazing equipment. And he, it was much more advanced than he, than, uh, he had described to me. And before we were to record, I said, man, I, I don't know what to record. Cause I have 45 songs that I wrote that are unrecorded. Like I, I have no idea what to pick. And he quickly thought, and he put four pieces of paper in front of me, blank pieces of paper. And he said, take 12 songs or however many and put them on each piece of paper. And that, that sort of like work well together, the songs. And he goes, call it an album. So the first piece of paper was an album called Lincoln Street Russ. And it was the first one that he and I did together. Then the second piece of paper was called Tatnik Tales. And it was a country folk record. And we recorded that one. And then the next one was called Ode to the Tangling Wind. And... And I had also written out a piece of paper for this one called the Alley Walker, which was going to be a more uh, electric, uh, a, a, a little more electric sounding album. And by the time I get to the fourth sheet, it had been like 10 years. And, and I realized, I was like, oh man, some of these songs, like I, I, it was so crazy that I hadn't recorded any of these songs because I'd been waiting to put them out on this one album. And so it's kind of like a throwback of like newer and older songs. So it's sort of like an eclectic folk record. It's uh, acoustic based, but it has a lot of electric elements in it. Now, how many pieces are in your band? Um, I, so when we play out live, it's four. But on on the record we have um, uh, electric guitar. I usually yeah we usually don't play electric when we play out. On, on the album I have uh, electric guitar. We have uh, accordion on there, piano, drums, upright bass, organ, piano, um, lap steel, pedal steel, guitar. Um, so it's a, a whole a whole bunch of different uh, instruments. That sounds great. Now, how many do you do you play multiple instruments on the record? Or I would say no, no right? No, no, you, not, yeah, not on this one. I I I did that on my on my last. One. But this one, yeah, this one it's it's uh, I I I mainly did just uh, uh, guitar, acoustic uh, guitar, and vocals, and some electric. Okay, so folks can look for that on the website. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's coming out in uh, August. Excellent. Yeah, a couple of your records, I was uh, listening to them over the last couple of days, are up on Spotify. So it's Oh, cool. Yeah, that was cool. I was checking that out before. It was, uh, let me see if I can pull up what I was listening to. Uh, Let me see, good old technology. Yeah, it was it's, right. Uh, yeah, Tatnik Tales and Lincoln Street. Oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the barn one. Yeah, yeah. If you if if you if you listen to Tatnik Tales with headphones, you we didn't use any reverb, no production. We we put the raw takes on the the album because we want it to sound like you're in a barn. 
So it's just all that re all anything that sounds like reverb is just natural from the the wood in the barn. I like that. Yeah, the locations of your recordings are are unique too. So I think it definitely gives it the, a little extra personality. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Uh, I appreciate your time. I really. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I enjoyed no, talking no to you. At all. So yeah, same here. So, what type of like what artists do you listen to for kind of inspiration? Like, what do you listen to for inspiration type of stuff? Oh man, there's so there's so many. It's like it's funny, my but I mean, I can definitely give you give you a couple. But it's funny. So my dad, I grew up. My dad's a jazz uh, piano player, and so I grew up on listening to jazz but then he was also in a country band uh oh, wow. he played drums in a country band he was a multi-instrumentalist still is and uh and then and then my older brother got me into break dancing <laughs> when i was in fifth grade and so i was a little little breaker listening to run dmc and then my older brother introduced me to punk rock in seventh grade and i was like now that's a calling it was an absolute calling to me, even though you don't hear it in my music, but it's like one of my, one of my favorite bands from that era was like Violent Femmes, even though they're not like straight up punk by any reason, it's kind of like a hybrid of a bunch right. of different things. But, um, I would say now my, like, I mean, my, my influences are pr- pretty broad, but, uh, I, I love, uh, I'll tell you ones that that people would know is like Bob Dylan, David Bowie, um, uh, a guy named Michael Hurley, which is he's one of my favorite kind of uh, quirky uh, underground underdog folk uh, hero of mine. Um, Mississippi John Hurt, amazing uh, blues guy. And then... uh, I like things like Vampire Weekend. All right. I guess that it's a little more pop. Um, but uh, yeah, kind of, kind of quite a, a broad spectrum. Yeah, I, I, that's what I like. I think that music is always like you're saying. You remember different points of your life, and it's like the the soundtrack, right, for your life. You remember, okay, this song right, reminds me of right, what right. it was and what I was doing. I definitely have my you know, hip hop and a little more aggressive rap phase as a, as a youngster. So I definitely. And Beastie Boys, God dang. Yeah. I saw them at one of the early Lollapaloozas. That was pretty, pretty life changing. So yeah, I agree. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. It was pretty sick. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. It was them, Tribe, uh, P-Funk, Smashing Pumpkins, The Breeders. Yeah. It was pretty awesome. Oh my God, the Breeders! God, I love that band. Yeah, I was like fourteen or fifteen. I, I yep. yeah, I had no idea what I was getting myself into, and it was like, yep, a full day of just nonstop music, and so here we yep. are, many moons, <laughs> many moons later. Right, 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 and Fugazi, I love that that band. You are all over the place. Yes, definitely. Yeah. But right. I'm not a disco fan. Yeah, well, I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think with, uh, yeah, your, your dad would probably have uh, 
disowned you before you before you discovered the internet. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even though I mean, you can hear hints of of disco in Bowie and like uh, Blondie, but I and I like I love them, the both of them, but I just don't like disco. No BGs, sorry. Yeah, I'm out. Yeah. No hustle. Yeah, yeah, good. We we could be friends. Um, yeah, but I was yeah because I think Bowie kind of took that disco era, you know, and that you know, and that the glamour. And, but he did not. He chose the right path, so it worked out well for everybody. Mm-hmm. Very much. <laughs> All right, Dan. Well, I wish you the uh, best of luck on your your shows coming up, and I'll you know, right, I'll be in touch. And that's a wrap. Episode one is in the books and it feels good. I want to take a quick moment to thank Dan for coming on the show, being our first guest. Just to recap, check out Dan on his website, danblakesley.com. We'll have all the links up on 16ozcanvas.com. Follow Dan on Instagram or head on over to pledgemusic.com. Learn more about his upcoming album, Alley Walker. It was great to have Dan. I think it was a good way to kick off the show. Really excited what we have upcoming for you. Like I said, this was episode one. Up next on episode two, we have another great artist from Minnesota, David Paul Seymour. David does work with another great brewery, Burial Beer Company out of Asheville, North Carolina. So we're going to give you a little preview of that episode. Remember, tell your friends. Check us out on the web, 16 Ounce Canvas. The Art of Craft Beer. Thanks for being part of the project. Keep in touch. Cheers, my friends. Until next time. And here's a preview of episode two, featuring David Paul Seymour. How does a guy in you know Minnesota come to team up with you know Burial down in, in Carolina, North Carolina? Um, the guy who does he's like their head brewmaster uh, tim gormley he um he is into heavy music and some somewhere along the line started following me on social media <clears throat> and one day it was just like this flurry of activity you know he commented on something i posted and tagged in the other two from the brewery the the other you know two owners jess and doug and said this is the guy i was telling you about and, uh, you know, um, you get a lot of comments and things, you know, when you, when you get to where I'm at, where, you know, sometimes it, it just escapes your radar, but somehow I was like, well, what's, what's that? I just happened to pick up on it and looked at them and realized that, you know, they were with a, a brewery and probably within the same day, I got either an email or a phone call or, or something from those guys. And, um, you know, they, they wanted to go for it. And, um, you know, I, I tell people um, probably the and – and this is part of the answer to, to your question. Uh, you know, I, I tell people that uh, I, I'm really proud of being a part of Burial and, and, and their kind of unfolding of their legacy and history because, you know, those guys were strictly just a tap room. Uh, when they first came around and, and when we got together, they said, look, you know, we're, we, we, you know, we got a loan. We're, we're looking to expand our operation. We're going to start canning and bottling our beer. And, uh, you know, we feel really confident about where we're going. 
And, you know, I got on board with the, you know, it's one thing to come along or get picked up or, or whatever um, by somebody who's already established and kind of has, you know, uh, something going that is recognizable, i.e. a brand, you know, <clears throat> in the public eye. And, and then you got to fall into that. And uh, hopefully it's a good fit um, for us and our relationship. It was exactly at a time where these guys were just about to take that turn on the flight of stairs and go up a whole nother level. And, you know, I, I came along at a time where I'm proud that I really helped them to define what the look of burial beer is. And, uh, you know, I helped them with, you know, not just, Hey, here's cool art for the can. Here's your check. Thank you. We'll be in touch for the next one. You know, it's, it's been so much of a collaborative team family spirit kind of thing since day one.